Welcome back to the Hammering Away Podcast. This is episode 10. I'm going to be your host, Jack Coogan. We got a lot to get through today. We have to talk about Carlos Borges. Had a bomber this morning. It's always better when it's out of nowhere. It's different. It's different when it's out of nowhere. Uh, Harvey Barnes plays for Newcastle now, and I think we might have gotten better value for money. Aaron Cresswell is on his way out. But first things first, how are you doing on this fine Thursday night? I'm doing well. Doing well. A lot of good news today. Feeling good. Barbie and Oppenheimer came out today, yep. so going to see that this weekend. Which one are you seeing? Um, I think we're going to see Barbie tomorrow and then Oppenheimer on Monday. That's special. I'm oh, gonna... what, I, what I am seeing is Declan Rice on Saturday. Oh, yeah. You're going to the Arsenal United game. You got a weekend coming up, bro. Seriously. He's going to hear it from me. For 90 minutes, I swear to God. I, I believe that. I genuinely believe that. I'm wearing my West Ham shirt, and I'm just going to be screaming the whole time. You better look up in the crowd and see me. I wish I could give you my rice shirt, and you could cross out the numbers on the back or something. <laughs> that would be too good. He sucks, though. We we're on to bigger and better things. We truly like are. Carlos Borges. Hell yeah. I can't believe... That, that came out of nowhere this morning like that. Like the I deal know. is basically done as soon as it got reported. Yeah. Like as soon as Fabrizio reported, it was, you know, fi- final details are being worked out. And I was like, whoa. It was like, it's what, 645? Like it dropped in the United States. What'd you say? You texted me. You said, wake up. Yeah, seriously. Like I didn't even, I wasn't even able to register it properly. It was just getting the crust out of my eyes. The crust out your eyes. You know what it tells me though? I think that that means that we were in for Barnes until the last second. Yeah, probably. But you know what? I feel like this is a blessing in disguise. Me too. I mean, Barnes would have been great. He scores goals. He would have played really well with Skamaka. Nobody saying he wouldn't have been. But if we really do have limited funds this summer, I'm more than confident in Borges coming in. And making an immediate impact on senior football. Not only because he's that good, but all these City Academy guys who have left for these like 15 million or less fees have all gone on to make good Premier League impacts. Like Southampton went down, but Lavia is wanted by every team in the league. Adozi was good, and Borges is like twice the player Adozi was. Yeah. I mean, PL2 player of the season, like 30 goals. In the new in between U21 and the Papa John's trophy and all that, um, it feels like he's like a I don't want to say like a city quality player, but he's it, a Premier League quality player, definitely a Premier League quality player. And it really just came down to, I think, in Mourinho's decision, definitely it was just like, I mean, he's not he doesn't fit what Pep is looking for right now. Um, yeah, you said Mourinho. Oh, fuck. sorry. <laughs> You know, <laughs> Guardiola, same Guardiola. guy. It is, but yeah, it it was. He is. He has the potential to be good enough to play for City. It's just not what Pep is looking for. Well, that's why the buyback clause is in there. But mm-hmm. it's really interesting to me. And I guess we all knew he'd probably leave. I thought he would go somewhere else this summer. First of all, you see the report that we beat Brighton, Dortmund, and Frankfurt to signing him. 
I didn't see that. That's awesome. That's good yeah. company to have when signing yeah, a young player. Um, but I'm surprised they let him go on a full-on permanent instead of a loan in a way. But I think the buyback will almost be like if an ex-pep manager wants him because he's so direct. You know who he reminds me of in his play style? Yeah. I want to preface this by no means am I saying – that he's as good as him, but the way that they play he reminds me of Sané. Really? When Sané used to play out on the left when he was younger, it's like Sané with like more power. I see that. I see that, and honestly. Not the close control that Louis Sané had, but like the way he can hug the touchline, like how dangerous he is when he's able to size people up one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're both just so direct. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost kind of hard to – to truly analyze Borges because he just made an absolute joke out of the U21s this season. Not only did he make a joke out of the PL2, he scored a hat-trick against Darby County in the um, Papa John's Cup and the EFL Cup. Did he really? Yeah. That's awesome. They were like a good enough team. I mean, we only beat them, what, one nothing. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they rotated heavily for the EFL Cup, but mm-hmm. like, one of the because like I was watching highlights, and one of the players he beat was uh, Rooney's cousin or whoever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the guy is related to Wayne Rooney, but he's related to him and he's one of their senior players. Um, he scored uh, he scored four goals in the in the U twenty one Manchester derby this season. I saw that too, dude. There was like I was watching. There's like nineteen highlights from their game against Arsenal. <laughs> like he. He shouldn't have been playing down there. A lot of no, those definitely not good to be playing down there. Any, any, um, Mubud, Oscar I mean, Bob, Lavia, yeah, Lavia would have been playing down there a year and a half ago. Yeah. Like their academy is the same as their senior team, and I could not be happier. It's kind of crazy that they've developed such a such a good academy. Like it's really impressive the fact that while they've they've, you know, been investing heavily obviously in the senior team, they've still been able to develop well they've invested players there too. Yeah. So it's not like these are like Mancunian like not that there's anything wrong with this. Mm-hmm. These aren't like Mancunian like dudes who they've built up since they were six years old. This is like Lavia's Belgian, Bob is Norwegian. Um, I mean, Borges joined at 11, but like he spent time in the sporting academy. Mm-hmm. Like they definitely do a good job with them because they also spend a lot of money on the facilities and the coaches. But I don't know. I mean, it's kind of crazy how Borges kind of Borges' story and how he like fell into Pep's lap essentially. Yeah, yeah. Because that would he would have signed for them around the time that Pep joined City. Now would have been seven, eight years ago. Yeah. 2016. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. He was 11 years old in 2016. That Same way about Mubama was 11 years old trying to take a picture with Sanchez. <laughs> now they'll be leading the line that. in the Europa League for West Ham. Dude, I was at that game. You were? Yeah. That's crazy. At that game. Do you remember seeing Mubama there? No, but I remember Alexis Sanchez vividly. <laughs> It's not something you forget, I guess. Yeah, you know what I remember vividly from that game? 
Alvaro Arbeloa, like six minutes of like the worst right back, right wing back play you've ever seen. <laughs> that's that's surprising considering the right backs we've had in the last yeah they've all been, so years. They've all been so great. Kufal saved our lives. We should sign it right back. I like. I want to have this conversation with you on record. Okay. We should sign a right back. Why should we sign a right back? Because we don't have enough good ones. We have a few people like Kufal is good when he's fit. He hasn't been like fully fit for an extended period of time in like two years. Carrera's a center back and was like horrendous for months. I love Tilo Carrera. I think he's great. I also think that we have to sign another right back because Tilo has to be more of a backup center back this year. How many minutes can Ogbonna play? (laughs) Even if we sign another one, I think Tilo has to be the fourth. And then, like, with Ben Johnson, who even knows if he's going to be here? If he's not going to get a new contract, he should be sold. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, I like like our right-back depth. I think Kufal, when he's fit, is awesome. And... You can't really drop him when he's fit for the most part, unless you spend big at right back. I think that we should upgrade on Ben Johnson, even if it's Max Aaron's. Like, upgrade technically. That's fair. I just don't see where the games come from. I'd rather, I mean, There's who do you think is a better player, Carrera or Aaron's? Aaron's. Well, I disagree. I actually probably disagree too. But the thing is, is like, if you, the games come because you lost Dawson, right? And Carrera's probably going to play more center back this year. You would just assume because he'll be preferred to Agbana. And you know, I don't think that we're going to use this three-five-two exclusively, but I'm sure we'll see it, especially if they really want to get Mubama involved. Mm-hmm. And then now, if you play, if you play the three-five-two, there's only one right back who can play that wing back spot effectively, honestly. Yeah, it's, it would be Kufal. I guess. I guess. Maybe they like Lang. I don't. He's he's looked good in the preseason. I I guess I don't know. I mean, he's I, looked- I, I think that if we're signing six players this summer. Like, the whole thing has been five to six. Mm -hmm. If it's a winger, two midfielders, a center back, a fullback on either side, that's cool with me. So you'd rather buy a right back than a left back? Not anymore. Not with Cresswell going. What if you convince Cresswell to stay? I would rather buy a right back at that point, I think. But I think that Cresswell should be sold just because, like, Contract, you're getting a fee for a 33-year-old, whatever. Well, even still, I think that Carrere and Kufal have been much more reliable than Emerson and Cresswell throughout the season. I think Emerson that- has had really, really fucking bad games this year. And yeah. I know he like showed out late in the season and like preseason has been really good. But he had some dreadful performances, and so did Cresswell. I didn't think Cresswell had that many terrible games besides that one stretch after the World Cup. And it got and him dropped. It did get him dropped. It was honestly kind of harsh that it got him dropped for as long as it did. Because he came back into the team and he was better. Also, Cresswell and Emerson have more 
of the history of being good fullbacks than Carrere and Kufal do. I mean, Kufal was our one well, of our Kufal, best players. Kufal was like, yeah, he was one of our best players his first year. But he's been playing in a top eight league for three years of his career, and two of them he's not been really able to stay fit. And Carrere's a center back. But he he's – I feel like with Carrere it was more of a adjustment period for the Prem because, you know, yeah, he's like at a slighter build. But and, – and that's why I put a lot of stock into like the later end of his season where he started to really turn up for us. I feel like I, his ability was always there and he like just found a way that he can show it in the Prem. Uh, yeah, I mean I agree with all that on Carrere, but I think that there need, it needs to be an actual fullback as the second one at right back. Like, that's just how I feel. I think it needs to be an actual fullback who has the ability to get up and down the pitch and who can play, like, passes, like, inside more often. And Aaron's can do that. My issue, like, because that's what drives me crazy about Kufal is even when he's good, he struggles so much to play back inside. Maybe it's because Suchek is terrible, but I think Kufal just is not comfortable, like, turning inside and playing into the middle of the pitch. I agree. I had a right back who gave us that option. I agree with that. I I really do, but I just so feel like allow us to do that. What'd you say? So both left backs allow us to do that. Yeah. They have their own problems though. Especially defensively. That's why Cresswell is going and we're gonna get Treffer or Truffet. Let's say his name. This is America and England. We're calling him Trufford. <laughs> but yeah, um, the I mean, I guess the point I want to make with the right backs is I, I acknowledge your points and that they're not perfect, but it's just a lot. We have so much work, other work to do in the summer, and a limited budget, and I think that money is better served elsewhere. And this should be treated as a long term issue, not a short term one. First of all, Aaron's might be a long term fix especially with Mr. David Moyes at the helm. And also, I don't think the budget is that limited. I think that we have to be smart about how we spend our money, and Borges is a smart signing. Mm-hmm. But like, why can't we be smart about how we sign our right back? Like, Truffer is rumored to be 17 million, I think 20 million euros is the price on his head. Zachariah would be a loan to buy. Like, we have the money to use. Like, there's going to be space. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. price going and the way the installments are set up, I read somewhere that we could spend up to like 120, 130 million this summer if we really wanted to. Let's just say like 125 is the absolute peak, no matter who else leaves. Antonio and Cresswell are probably both going to go for fees. And Ben Johnson might go for a fee, especially if we sign it right back. Like, between those three, you're probably getting another 15 million minimum. Hmm. Why don't we use that money to upgrade? I and think it's I'd rather squad turnover. I'd rather buy a third center back than we're right go- back. Well, we're yeah, same, but we're definitely going to do that. So you want to buy two center mids, a left winger, which we already have, a left back, center back, and a right back. Yeah, six players, and I think right back should be the last one. It's like the whole team. That's that's dude a lot of incomings rumored since literally early may not even rumored confirmed by x that we want to sign five to six players i mean i guess to be fair there's only only 
four of those six would actually be first teamers. And not okay. all of them even walk into the team. The center back would is not not gonna start match week one if Zuma and Aguirre are both fit. Mm-hmm. The left back will probably not start match week one, even if he's better than Emerson. Like especially if it's Truffert, mm-hmm. he's twenty one. It's gonna like Moyes is gonna give him a second, which is fine. Borges will probably not start match week one, but he he'll probably get into the team pretty quickly. I feel like year one is like a, for him it'll be sub appearances and Europa League, and then he, it'll like, he'll mid season he'll like work his way in. Yeah, he's gonna have if everything goes well. Great. Um. But yeah, like the thing is, is like six players is a lot, but it's not as much squad turnover as last year because a lot of those players are people to give competition and to improve the baseline of our team, which I think is really important. Well, what what right backs would you want? Do you have any in mind? Aaron's like I really would be okay with. I mean, we've talked a million times about that he's a little overrated, or he used to be overrated. I think he's become underappreciated now. In my opinion, he would have been the best right back in the championship last year. Mm-hmm. And we've bought from the championship before, and it's gone well. He's good. He's like really comfortable with the ball. He gives a little bit more pace. He's a different option to Kufal. Um, he's definitely a little suspect defensively, but I think. Moyes is a great coach. He's only 23. Yeah, 23. Um, Singo, obviously, at Torino, is someone that we've liked before. And he gives us a lot athletically if we look into him. And he he can run. He can move, dude. Um, And I think that pace is something that this team needs badly in general, which is why I'm so happy with Borges. And Mm -hmm. just on Borges, again, his technique is ridiculous. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting to watch watch him play. Uh, and it's going to be interesting because him at left wing, he's going to be our only left-footed left winger on the team. So I bet nice to give us a I little bet, different. I bet that we see some uh, of him at right wing. I have, oh, I think sure. boys will play him at right wing before he plays uh, Cornet at right wing. You think so? I just think Borges is more suited for it. Probably because of how direct Borges is, but I think that I don't know. Me personally, he's, since he's played on both sides for City's Academy. It's not like it's foreign to him. Mm-hmm. But he does prefer the left. He prefers left. I would rather see him on the left. I I think we should start him on the left if, if it doesn't go well. You know how Moyes loves his inverted winger, so we might as well try him on the right. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, but just to finish my point from before. I don't really know exactly what about, what I would want to do at right back, but I think it's something that we have to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, but on these wingers, Cornet, that's another one. What's going to happen with him? I think he'll stay, and I think I'm cool with him staying because he really didn't get a chance to show anything that he's about last year. But, like, I think Borges makes the situation even weirder. I think – the only, his avenue his avenue into the team right now is to become Bowen's backup. I I really think that like like say first Europa League game is against a smaller nation team and Moyes decides to rotate a lot. If he rotates both wingers, I think it's gonna be Cornet left and Borges right. I just really believe that. I just I'm just not comfortable. I'm I'm just not comfortable with Borges making his debut and then a non-preferred his senior debut in a non-preferred position 
I think he's good enough. I mean, I'm not disagreeing. I'd rather play him. I would rather play him at left wing, but I don't think Cornet is good on the right wing. Like I think that he's a decent player and that he can give us an option, but I think he's just a better left winger and striker than he is on the right. Well, at this point, this is his last hope because why even play Cornet in the left wing? You have Fournells. Well, because I'd I mean, rather play Fournells on the left wing. I agree, but in this situation, it'd be Fournells down the middle or Ben Rama down. Okay, the middle. that's fair. Like I'm talking about, like a fully rotated first eleven. Mm-hmm. I think that Cornet would play on the left, and that Borges would play on the right. But that's the thing is like now now. What do, but this is what is weird about it. What do you do with Maxwell Cornell? See, yeah, I, I kind of just figured that we'd try him on the right, and if not, we sell him in January, honestly. Yeah. We could even sell him this summer. Who knows? There's a, a who, whole who would pay a fee for someone who just had the season he had? Right, with his mystery injury that nobody knows about. Second time in 25 years of human history injury. Right, what luck! But I mean, he did have—he does have the reputation of a good player. Like he came, like when he came to us, he was off an incredible season at Burnley. Yeah, he's good. He's got to get us something. It would, but like it's a loss, man. We He'd would probably be like at least like a nine, ten million loss and a seventeen and a half million pound sign. Like that's terrible. You might as yeah. well at that point. It just makes using him weird. It, there's no clear place for him on the field, though. Well, that's the other thing. Is like now with Borges coming in, like even if you think that Cornet is better than Borges or whatever, not that I think that, but even if you do think that, like Borges is literally the first signing that Moyes and Stuyton will have come together to make. Mm-hmm. So you kind of are committed to this guy now. You can't just prefer Cornet over him. Like, like, but that—that's that, a real thing that happens in professional sports. Is when you give these players money or you spend large fees on players, you have to play them. Like Paqueta probably had a stretch last year where he could have maybe been dropped, maybe should have been dropped. I don't think so, but like, there's an argument for it. But he wasn't because you spent fifty-one million pounds on him. The funny thing is, uh, to touch on the Cornet versus Borges thing, um, I know whether or not you know who was better than the other was kind of irrelevant to your point. But the first time I ever watched Borges play live was against us, and it was actually Maxwell Cornet's rehab game. Yeah, I remember. I remember and that. I may have actually texted this to you. I was like, Borges is better than Cornet. Like, they were both playing left wing at the same time. I was like, man, like, why don't we just get that guy? He's not I bet good. I didn't find that text. Because, <laughs> dude, we both like Borges for a while. You especially. Like the, I remember the first time you watched him. You were like, we need to get him. I was like, he's not signing no damn Carlos Borges. <laughs> you underestimate David Moyes' eye for, for talent, I think. Yeah, like I just looked up his name in our text. March 3rd, you should sign Borges NFM. <laughs> Manchester City striker versus Mubama, Carlos Borges, and it's just his video game stats. Yeah, so at the time of this text, Borges had had 17 appearances in the PL2, 15 goals, 8 assists, and up against Mubama, who had made 14 appearances at that point, Mubama had 10 goals and 1 assist. So that's the kind of talent that we're talking about. It's crazy. Like, Mubama, mm-hmm. and he had, like, double his stats, 
and like 500% more assists or whatever. <laughs> like, it's insane. He's a joke. He honestly is such a joke. I'm over the moon with this signing. I can't even it put it into words. I this mean, it's like, what are those signings that like usually other teams make? And we're like, that was the fee. Why didn't we do that? Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. And it's, it's in that way, like in the way that you're talking about, it's so uncharacteristic of us in the best way. And I think that it's something that Stiden will bring to us. And I don't think Moyes should be left out of this either because this definitely shows an ability with Moyes to, you know, have these conversations and be convinced. Because I don't think he's someone Moyes would have targeted by himself. But, like, clearly, maybe he is. But, like, clearly they're working together well for us to get mm-hmm. this deal done as quickly as we seemingly did on a very uncharacteristic signing. The way I see it, obviously we're just speculating here, but Borges was listed before Steiden got here and before Steiden was even confirmed as a target for our technical director. Um, so what I'm thinking is this is probably a Rob Newman target because Newman used to scout for City. Yep. Oh, my God. That's right. And then, you know, he's a pretty undeniable talent. I'm sure Steiden, like, took a look at the list when he came in. It's That's another mm-hmm. way it seems with some of our targets. It seems like they were on the list, and since, like, he was, like, confirmed by Fabrizio or X or whatever you want to say, it's gotten stronger. And that's also probably just because we didn't start doing business until he came in. But mm-hmm. Well, and another thing is that Steiden, if you look at his Leverkusen – uh, signings like Diaby, uh, Frimpong, like he loves like wide players with pace. Yeah, which like thank God we got him because God. yeah, he's we, probably he probably saw Borges on the on the on the list and he was like, man, like that is the guy. That's exactly who I want as a winger. I mean, I've been crying for pace in this team since Jesse Lingard was here. Since mm-hmm. probably longer than that, but just like in terms of like since we've been good the whole time. Um, I mean, the la- last summer, the last week of the window, I was on my knees for his male Asar. <laughs> so like, it's pretty cool that we got someone who the entire city, whatever, city football group thinks is great. Um, but hey, maybe Moyes was just convinced because now Sidon's going to let him bid for Borg Kraus. Maybe that's <laughs> going to go. Oh, man. I, I, I wouldn't be cool with that. What do you think about Ward Prowse? It sounds like. It sounds like with Ward Prowse, he would be like a third midfielder and he would be like a downs replacement. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. I have an aneurysm on this podcast if we sign Ward Prowse. Even if we sign him as to not be a starter? Yeah, that that's what we're going to do for sure. That's what it sounds like because if we're getting rid of downs, we still need two more. I agree. Mids. But are we really going to sign three center mids in a month? That's one thing. I hope so. Moyes loves Ward Prowse. It'll be Zachariah on loan riding the bench. Oh, God. No, but not even that. Like, what angers me about Ward Prowse is that it's not even that he's like a shitty player. Like, he's a solid Premier League midfielder, and he should get a move to the Premier League this year. He should. But he's not the profile that we need. Because, first of all, we're trying to replace Declan Rice, who's a freak athlete ball carrier, ball winner, all these things that we need to sign two players or replace them. Ward Prowse is not good at winning the ball back or carrying the ball or being athletic. 
And on top of that, I mean, I've said this a million times, Moise's system is so reliant on midfielders, at least at West Ham, on midfielders being elite athletes in order to win the physical battle of midfield and just win the midfield battle as a whole. We're not going to, like, pass around teams. Like, like it's literally all on Paquette's shoulders to do the passing. Mm-hmm. I mean, not everything, but, like, to be the difference maker with the ball. I I 100% agree. I was kind of playing devil's advocate for a second because I wanted to trigger that monologue. Dude, I, <laughs> I, was like, I was just going to drive. And the thing is, is that you know this. I tried so hard with the copium for James Ward-Prowse. I wanted to get into it. Like, I was really trying to get into it. Because, like, the free kicks will be fun. Like, they'll be fun if he comes. Like, that's true. And, like, I tried to accept this in some different ways. But everything about it drives me crazy. It's just not the type of profile that we need. The fee is ridiculous. It's still every, – every once in a while, for some reason, somebody's like, well, it's actually 25. It's actually 20. No, it's not. The asking price is $40 million, And Downs doesn't want to go there. What yeah. are we doing? He's, he's going to be on insane wages. You want to put – you want to have another Danny Ings in the fucking squad? Like, are we serious? <laughs> And, like, respect to him. He's had a good preseason and stuff. He's on 150000 a week. You want to put James Ward Prowse on 110, 120? You're going to oh, ruin man. our wage bill that we did so much work to fix. Can you imagine our top two earners being James Ward Prowse and Danny Ings? Dude, I at least Zoom is on like 125. And Paquette is up there too. And Bowen's about to get a new contract. Hopefully. They'll probably figure that out after the window ends, if I had to guess. I feel like they've been saying that for mad long. Like, it's been like, oh, after this window, and oh, we're in relegation. Let's, it's, let's it's, wait till we get out of it. Just kicking it down the road. It's a formality with Jared Bowen. Yeah, he knows he's locked in for life. Dude, he's so stuck here. I've said this to you for so long. He's so stuck. Because mm-hmm. he's great, but he's just not quite good enough to be, like, in a possession-based side. He could play for Liverpool as, like, a bit part player, but he's not going to go to Liverpool for the asking price. They just don't have enough money to bring him in for as a backup for Rosala. Maybe and when Rosala retires. He uh, started doing that one thing with the one girl, and that, oh, that yeah. really locked it in. Mm-hmm. Now he can't. Imagine I, – I would never do something that wrong with my father-in-law. Man, why couldn't Danny Dyer go after Rice, man? Like, <laughs> dude, Declan Rice doesn't respect these women. We know but, that. That's true, but at least like, we could have made him feel bad. He feels bad. You you will make him feel bad this weekend. Damn right, dude. He's talking. He's talking to all the girls in Vegas now. He's in DC. He's gonna be in Manhattan in a few days. Chop oh up. He needs to be put on a leash. He does. He does. He's he is truly an enigma. He's a weirdo, dude. He's not our weirdo anymore. It's what makes him great, though. I'll give him that. the The insanity that goes on, the the demons that he harbors, <laughs> is what makes him great. Did you see the picture of him yelling at Odegaard like ten yeah. minutes? Dude. His ten minute cameo debut. I watched that cameo or some of it. He like tried to make himself available. Like really wasn't. Didn't get the ball in like a dangerous position and threw his hands in the air. I was like, are we doing like is he gonna be 
Like, is he going to get this arrogant now? He's got to chill. He's got to realize he's not dealing with with uh, with uh, it's a it's a diop anymore. He can't just yell at these people. <laughs> can't yell at these people and get away with it. They are as good as you now. Seriously, like they I mean, can chat to you. Not they're not all, but like they're pretty good. They're good enough to be on the field with him, which you could not say about every single West Ham player. He looked he looked good, dude. He's gonna take another leap this year. I'm telling you, he is. I'm getting at his head on Saturday, and all of that progress is going in the garbage. He's gonna take another leap. We're gonna be sitting here in like end of August, early September, and be like, "Yo, I don't remember being like this." <laughs> that's how it is with him every year. Do you remember that whatever he did against United in the at home when we beat them? It's like in every Rice comp where he like. It's like right after a kickoff. No, it was Liverpool actually, and like he like puts his studs in the ball and does like, you know, like I don't know how to describe it. Like when you do like a drag back in FIFA, I don't know if that's a technical term for it. Like he drag it back and put it behind his leg and then just like pinged it across the field. Oh, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, like that wasn't in his bag, <laughs> and like, like he couldn't have done that in the Lyon game if he tried. He would have fell over his own feet, and he was still yeah. great all them but like every year it's ridiculous when is it gonna stop man when is he just gonna become who he is when when is he gonna stop probably like after like two years at arsenal right the second year at arsenal will be the last time he gets better if he takes two more significant leaps like how many players like at any position in the world are better than him legit but like i'm so confident in him continuing to take leaps and well the other thing is like where like what other parts of his game can he take a leap in? Like I guess like like he was already really press resistant to use that phrase, but he'll probably look even more press resistant this year in a team that loves to play out. I think he'll just have more of an opportunity to showcase his ability in possession just simply because he'll have more of it. He'll probably become more of a risk taker with the ball over the next year or two. Which will be really exciting to watch, and make like quicker decisions. Mm-hmm. But he was he was playing really deep for them yesterday. It was almost like playing as deep in possession as he does for England, where he just kind of keeps it tick, keeps it ticking. Mm-hmm. No, I'm excited to watch him in person on Saturday. Yeah, I, I will I, have the note. I will have the notebook out the the rice Declan Rice mistake tracker. I would have it. But those tickets, bro, they're really selling MLS All-Star tickets like $200, like oh. a half hour before the game. Like I had other stuff to do, but it's like, what are we doing? Like nobody wants to see this. You know, how embarrassing is it that you assembled the 11 best players <laughs> in your entire league and you get stomped of 5 nothing? Dude, by the way, I'm pretty sure that was Arsenal's first preseason game. Maybe it was it their was. It was their first. Um, I think it was their first. I think it, I think it was their first too. Yeah, it was definitely their first. Like, bro. Like, I mean, oh, MLS damn. guys are probably going easy too because you know, all star. It's game. an all star game. But damn, where's the pride, man? You're down four nothing. Like, lock in. <laughs> yeah, no. I like at four, I would have been like enough. They have good players too. They have like, I mean. I they have one good player. I like Thiago Amana. Yeah. You know who started for them at striker? Guess. I'll give you one guess. 
Um, Chicharito. No, he tore his ACL, didn't he? Yeah. So who started? Christian Benteke. Oh, yo. He's <laughs> my city, bro. He's nice, man. I can't he believe he didn't get one. Damn. They start- <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and this is not an Arsenal podcast. So this will be the last thing I touch on. But Timber also looked great. Damn. He's, dude, I've been, I've been high on that as soon as they were linked with him. I think that's such a good signing. You think they'll win the league? Last thing? No. Okay, moving they on. I have a question for you. They, they don't have the, the, the heart-eating nine that you require to win the league, unless you're Pep. But maybe Arteta is Pep. Nobody knows yet. They just got Kai Havertz, bro. That's your heart-eating nine. That's your yeah. Robin Van Persie regen. Eat your heart out, man. Kai Havertz is a gunner. <laughs> That's right, North London. <laughs> I'm a gunner. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it makes me so sick, bro. Every time I see his little Instagram story with this fucking like, announcement picture, like, get a grip, man. <laughs> what, do you play for them now? Anyway, I have a question for you. Yeah. Harvey Barnes, thirty-eight million. Would you have been comfortable paying that? Yeah, like if I, if I didn't know this, like Borges' fourteen million deal was on the table, like, and we had dropped thirty-eight and signed him, I would have been like, cool. That's the price that you pay for a guy who scored double-digit goals like three Premier League seasons running. Yeah, I probably agree. I I, th- I prefer the Borges signing because you know what? Bringing a first-choice left winger honestly would have been harsh on Ben Rama. It would have like, been. But I we Ben Rama definitely needs competition that isn't Fornals. I mean, not that Fornals isn't good enough, but I just think that it gives us more options. Because they're two, I I agree. Because they're two different profiles, like him and Fornals. Like that. That's what I like the most about the Borges thing is it's a completely different option. Mm-hmm. But he's more similar to Ben Rama, whereas like he can beat his guy off the dribble. You know, he's a direct another direct player that can. I wouldn't have the drama that direct. Well, it, on paper, he's like a direct, like beat, beat a man, like theory. But know, in theory, he's also cut inside. I can go back to 2020 and find tweets people talking about. Oh, Piat Regen Piat Part Two. Ben Rom is here. The hell were we talking about? <laughs> Who they those, know? Those championship podcast, those championship compilations, man, they were crazy. They were crazy. He was nice. I mean, I kind of thought he was Demi, but, like, Jesus, man. It took, like, a year and a half, two years to, like, understand that, like, I can't expect this guy to be Payet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is too long, man. It's too long. It was, like, because even when he scored that solo goal against Ghent, I was, like, yeah, like, this is what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! You, you were you held the faith way longer than I did. That's so respect. That he was gonna be pious? No, not not that he was gonna be pious. But you know what I'm talking about. Like he scored that goal off the dribble. I was like, this is who he is. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, I, was, I, I had a moment where I was like, he's arrived. He's fully settled. Yeah, in. yeah it was the the fall of 2021. It was like, okay, he had the year to bet in. Now now he's gonna go for ten and ten. That was like his best stretch. 
in in the in the Premier League or like in in what at, in, at West Ham probably that like month or a couple of games in that area. Well, it was uh, it was August when he scored a few goals in August and had a few assists. But performance wise, I think earlier this season was a longer, better stretch. Probably, but in terms of like straight open play output, like he was, yeah, he was really rolling. Open play is the key word. <laughs> yeah. No, can't discount those penalties, man. They won us a trophy. They they did. I would just telling people that Ben Rama is a big game player because he scored against Arsenal twice in Fiorentina <laughs> final, in the AZ in the semifinal. <laughs> just because he's in the damn spot. <laughs> he was so like. There are some bad performances in those like big game performances. You know what I'm saying? He's <laughs> not very good against Fiorentina. In his defense, he was great against AZ at home. He was spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, he was he's terrible against Fiorentina. <laughs> <laughs> it was a dogfight, man. Him and, him and Dodo, man. He was all right for the first 15 minutes. I'll give him. He was better. He was better than others. The thing is, no one was doing anything in that game for both teams. It's a hard performance. I mean, that's that's what a final is, isn't it? I guess. It wasn't a very good showing for the Conference League where two teams are just playing so bad. It was just that team was marginally better. That are, like, horrified and anxious because they have their first chance at silver. Especially, I mean, Fiorentina, they just lost the final. Like, they really needed Mm -hmm. that. They, They had two chances to qualify for Europe next year. Messed them both up <laughs> just for Juventus to get banned. <laughs> and oh, get my banned. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would be so embarrassed. Yo, rate this signing. Arthur Mello to Fiorentina. Honestly, like, yeah. It works. <laughs> he can get fucked. Oh. We, we destroyed their will. Now they're signing Arthur Mello. <laughs> Arthur Mello. Replacing Amrabat with Ar- with Arthur Mello. Well, I mean, he'll be fine for them in Italy. They like to play with the ball and stuff, and he- he's good for that. But, like, you remember – dude, I remember <laughs> – you want to hear something funny? Mm-hmm. Barcelona signed him for $40 million from Brazil however many years ago. It was, like, 21. Uh, I don't remember – I remember if it was, like, the Super Cup. It wouldn't have been the Super Cup because they didn't, they didn't win no damn league or no damn Champions League. But um, I was watching – it was probably a Champions League game. But I watched a Barcelona game like early into the season. Like a, maybe his debut, maybe his second game, maybe his full debut. And I was like, yo, this guy is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Dude, I thought he was going to yes, though, bro. I thought they found another one. Hey, man. He, he landed at a good spot, you know. Two finals. Don't ask what happened in those finals, but they Dude, got there. So here's the thing about Fiorentina. They finished eighth in Syria. They went to two finals, and they're in Europe again next year. So, like, they won one of them. They definitely won one of them. Yeah, that's exact. They they won the don't commit, like, m- numerous counts of fraud competition. <laughs> <laughs> They won the literally don't be one of the biggest criminals in Europe competition. <laughs> Did they end up firing their manager, Fiorentina? Because remember, remember some reports out there was that 
the the conference league final was supposed to be like a, a dude the conference league final was fucking el sacico bro like what are we doing <laughs> that's what they made it out to be but i don't think they filed up with that okay. from Fiorentina. did it ever get covered how funny it was that the manager managing Fiorentina against us was named italiano vincenzo italiano vincenzo italiano <laughs> They're gonna replace him with fucking David Moyes is gonna let that guy be them. <laughs> They're gonna replace him with Tony Mozzarella. <laughs> Paolo Brigut. <laughs> My God, what a, what a club! This is also not a Fiorentina podcast. I mean, yeah, but like, dude, they're like, I will make fun of them for the rest of my life. They'll always be the team that let West Ham win a trophy. They better pray we don't finish third in our Europa League group. They better fucking pray. <laughs> oh, man. A rematch? In they, the don't want final? they don't want to see us over two legs, bro. I'm saying I want to see them in the final again. <laughs> I don't I don't think I could handle that. Dude, if we – if we just theoretically, I was thinking about this the other day. If we finish third in our Conference League group or in our Europa League group <laughs> – and we're like 12th in the league in like December, and we are in the conference league. I, I can't do it again. <laughs> There's way too much riding on those games, bro. I'm watching us play fucking Ghent in my apartment by myself, pumping my fist when Paquetta scores a penalty. Like, <laughs> I need to get a grip, man. Like, it's not that serious. Against these like, like fifth place teams in like the <laughs> no. random, most random league you've ever heard of. <laughs> like oh man, Paul, like, how are we gonna set up against them? Like worrying about Larnaca during the midweek, <laughs> making the, like tweeting like Lanzini, like Larnaca at home comps. <laughs> like man, he really ran the game. Like they play in Cyprus. <laughs> <laughs> like they were in a country like, like more was- than thirty years. Second or third in Cyprus when we played them, they weren't even first. <laughs> they were like, I remember reading about them when we played them. They were like in a title race. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a race to be had. They were so bad. <laughs> they were they were bad. They were the one team who we played where it's like, all right, like this competition's a joke. Yeah, because like the other teams were like you know European clubs or whatever, <laughs> but they were yeah. Terrible. They were just not even League One quality. They, they, dude, they kickstarted Antonio's season. They did, and they got they got Skamaka a goal, which like <laughs> they, you know. they kickstarted Bowen's season too. When you really think about it, he was playing well, but goals wise, they were they were getting everybody. Dude, involved. everybody eats, man. Everybody was eating. We got our last like really tasty. Uh, Lanzini compilation. Yeah, it was awesome. that was the last one. We didn't know. We kind of knew. I didn't know. I, th- I dude, I thought he had more appearances in him than that left. <laughs> it was like February. It was like March. Well, if you really think about it, was he ever going to start in any other game? Me personally, I would have gave him a go. I don't know where I would have started him. Um, Against Leicester on the final day. Yeah. Okay. I would have started him in those last few games. Did he start in those last few games? 
Damn. Yeah, he got his little cameo. He got his goal against Leeds. That was in everybody's game. That was storybook. That that dude, that was the most WWE game that maybe we've ever had. Leeds scored. I mean, no, Leeds, what am I talking about? Rice scored. About that. It was one of those games. Like, you know when teams are really in the shit and you just know that they suck? They uh they scored early, and I was like, "Yeah, we're gonna win this game." <laughs> yeah, it's like I was like, they scored too early. And they Rice never- was always gonna score, and then you know, Lanzini came on. I was like, "Man, what if?" What, dude, that, that was me. I was like, "Man, he he wouldn't, would he?" <laughs> it only it almost be too good to be true. It was, and then and man, I kept the assist and the link up, and he was definitely offside too. It don't matter. How the hell did they say he was on <laughs> Dude, he did that like uh, along the touchline, and I was, I was doing that in my house. That that like I was trying that move in the house all day. Like honestly, I still do it yeah, sometimes. Like, off the wall to yourself and shit. Yeah, like rolling it to my right foot and then hitting it across the the keep. Yo, here's a really like, uh, like weird and like um, specific question. What was your favorite piece of Lucas Paquette flair in the first season of this guy? Oh, I mean the just the one that like really got you out of your seat. The the one where he like you know you got he received that long pass with like you know yeah yeah against uh, and he got he had Cresswell cracking up on the bench. Yeah, <laughs> that that is Aaron Cresswell's legacy. It really is. That was like the moment where I was like, man, he's like here. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. He plays yeah, for us. Also the first time because I remember like specifically Cresswell would never like talk highly of Felipe Anderson. It's so weird. Like he wouldn't say anything bad about him. But like when they asked him like, oh, it was just never mentioned that Felipe was good. <laughs> like seeing him approve like Paquetta, I was like, all right, like he's got he's got the stamp. Like he really was like, damn, like that boy's nice. <laughs> that, that boy nice. I liked um, the one against Ghent when we ran them off the pitch. It was a lot of fun. When yeah, he, like, he was awesome. They like, backheeled it to Emerson. What was the game? I can't remember if it was Ghent or if it was another game. He was like, he did something similar against Silkborg earlier in the season, but this one was at home. And he was like mad off balance and like dragged it back and then flicked it behind himself. I don't even remember how he did it. I'll have to find the clip. Dude, I just love the way he's like, he can like just hold on to it, like hold a defender on his back for hours. And yeah. he'll be in like the most dangerous position, like in our own third in the corner. And he'll just be like, all right, I'm just going to stand here. Like you can't do anything to me. Well, he almost it was, in the, it was in the final, wasn't it? When he almost fucked it up doing that. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy. He hadn't, lost took- the ball. he hadn't lost the ball there all season. <laughs> he... He he was taking Amrabah for a ride a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, especially like, awesome. The further into the game, it got like before his assist, he was getting better. He was he was also terrible for a lot of that game. So was everybody though, but he just stood out because he was like, you know, look, the one it, always on the ball. It stands out with him when he's not doing it well. But look, he was signed to make one pass and he made it. Hell yeah. 
that that was my first thought when he made that assist. I was like, that's that's it. That that's the fee paid, done. That's Absolutely. All, that's all I ever wanted from him. The rest is gravy. And what's crazy about it, it was like, remember he signed, it was always like, man, like Bowen running on to his passes is going to be special. And we hadn't, mm-hmm. we hadn't scored from one yet. <laughs> There's the one in Ghent when Bowen put it wide. Then there was, uh, there was another one. I can't remember it now. But like, I it, like Bowen there, definitely missed a few chances. For, there was like Wolves in the season. I remember that pass we kept the play. That was when I was like, he's here. It like got played mm-hmm. back to him, and it was like first time, like broke two lines. <laughs> the ball in the box. I was like, what? Yeah, I mean, he's a joke. He is a joke. Have you come around on Alvarez at all? No. Why not? Not at all. Why not? He gives, he just gives me the ick. I just don't get it with him. He doesn't do much. To be would, fair, the the majority of times I've watched him play was for Mexico. Mexico are horrible. But he doesn't stand out amongst the shit, which is my issue. Well, dude, but plenty of good England players have not stood out among that shit. Like when they were terrible. But I don't know. Just like in even like just in one-on-one situations, I'm like like it, it just doesn't matter who's around you. Like why are you getting consistently dribbled around? In the Concacaf, you know what I'm saying, like Zhao Polina for fifty million, or it's an Alvarez for forty million. Not not even that fifty million. Like the price is going to be higher than fifty, and we're going to walk away. If we spend sixty million mm-hmm. on Polina, I'll be disgusted. Um, I prefer Polina to Alvarez. I don't know if the price like the price difference is one thing, but I would I would like to go on the record and say I would prefer Zhao Polina to Edson Alvarez. If we end up getting Alvarez, um, you know, strike this from the record, and I'm gonna yeah, Polina sucks, switch my narrative. Yeah, yeah. But I would prefer Polina. My ideal outcome is to get Fofana and Zachariah, and it's gonna stay that way to the end of the window. That's totally fair, but I, I really, I really do want a sitter, which is why I want Alvarez. I don't think we need one. I don't think we need one. Not. Because they can, they can. First of all, they can both do the job. It's not like, you know, with Rice and Suchek, where one has to be bombing forward. Like they can just play a true pivot together. I, I don't think that. Like I think we would just benefit from having a like a, a dis a disciplined duo, where they both have freedom, but you know they can take turns, and then one is like that's kind of how Rice and Suchek were. Not really, dude. Suchek was yeah, yeah. average position next to Antonio. You say he was Havertz? I was saying his. I said his average That's position average. was like but yeah, next it, to Antonio. It, like, it's just like a weird area. Um, like, look, I would be thrilled with Fofana and Zachariah. Those are probably the two best players that we're linked with. So, like. If we can make that pivot work, I'm all for it. It's just like I don't know. There's something in me that like just wants to say I want more of a sitter, but maybe that's just like being scared, man. Maybe I'm just scared. Maybe I just gotta let go. You you should be scared because this is a scary time. But you know, I was watching Fofana, and in possession, he is like operate for Monaco. He like operates that first phase. You know, he drops into the center backs. 
He receives yeah. the ball from the yeah. center backs. He plays it wide. He plays it forward into you know the the you know this the central attacking players. Like he makes those passes that we rely on Rice to make. Now out of possession is a different question because he he like for for Monaco at least he likes to press like the the first guy who receives the ball in the midfield. It's like so say like yeah, like the center back passes it to the center mid. Like Fofana's on his back, you know, like that is what he, how he seems to be comfortable operating. So we would need a guy. I mean, Zachariah could easily be this guy who is able to cover for for him when he like you know takes those chances. I think Zachariah can do the job. Why can't he? Yeah, I mean, Zachariah is a great ball runner. He's combative and stuff. The I mean, it's the injuries of Zachariah that are the biggest worry there but i mean i guess if you said onana fafana i mean i'd be cool it, it really is just the being scared of it not being someone who sits you know that's I mean? that's the that's but moises like, thinking yeah i was gonna say it's it's tactically also moises decision um i just don't want to you know necessarily hinder somebody like zachariah by just telling them to sit but i guess you know in possession not a possession it's two different things I don't even think he's just straight up sitting. Like I think that they can alternate. Like Fofana, it's not like Fofana is he can't defend a transition. You know he can and he does it quite well. But I think it would be limiting to. But the to thing just is, the other thing is there. I like I get Zachariah is a great ball winner and like Fofana is capable, but like Alvarez and Paulinho are both like elite, like top of the top level ball winners. Like even if you don't believe that about Alvarez, that that's you know the billing, that's what it's advertised as. Is that with those two, like you are getting somebody who's semi, like sort of close to Rice and their ability to win the ball back. And so, like if you get them, you just essentially have like solved that part of the problem. That's, that's fair. But like the other thing is like we can't just try and be the same team that we were with Rice. It's not going to work. Exactly. We can yeah. use this opportunity to be a, a different team, a more sustainable team. Now we don't have to play Suchek all the damn time. You know, we can. Yeah, it doesn't have to just be one ball. guy who wins the ball. That, back. that also fucking pisses me off. Now Rice is gone. Now we can acknowledge that Suchek sucks. <laughs> like what, bro? We spent a hundred. Yeah, right. Well, how much money did we spent last summer? 150, 180 million? None of it could be used to replace Suchek. <laughs> We couldn't drop more than nine million on a midfielder to play next to Rice. The most the thing is the risk averse player in the history of sports. The thing is, um, Rice is a pretty boy. You know he didn't want he don't want to get up for those yeah, for those uh for those balls in the air. He didn't want to share a spotlight. That's what it was. Now he he just didn't he just didn't want to get his hair messed up going up you know for a header in the midfield. So he was like. We need a guy right next to me who's just gonna do that. I actually, like, I, I heard that I heard that Declan Rice actually, um, he's the one who stopped the Onana deal. Yeah, imagine. He said, he said, "Yo, mm-mm, mm-mm. he can do it. Right <laughs> he can do it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need. I, I got a price tag to protect. <laughs> I'm trying to play for, trying to be a gunner. New beginning." <laughs> Dude, if he's in London, London is home. Slap him in the fucking mouth. You, you, you've been pretty 
You've been worse with rice this episode than me. What's the deal? I, What's going dude, on? I, I'm so emotionally all over the place. I can't believe he's gone. I guess now, now seeing him for the first time and and playing in Arsenal shirt, it's like man, it's just dude. It's just making me like mentally unstable and unwell. I have this. I I, I can't shake this feeling that it feels like he left, for, like out the back door. Right, he kind of slipped out, didn't he? Like, <laughs> like, like, uh, like, I understand that it, this was like well, like covered and everything, but I just, I just feel like, I just feel like I didn't get enough, dude. He, De- Neves was crying on camera at the Molyneux. We got a wet, we got an edited video by damn Sube on the fucking <laughs> <laughs> was him. Fucking page, dude. Rice didn't know about that video. Yo, all the clips talking. I don't even think they're they're old clips. Yeah, I think they're all from like post game interviews and stuff. (laughs) Dare I say that he gave us an Irish goodbye? He might, yo. Oh, he, man. he really kind of did slip out the back door, though. Like, it kind of – I didn't get any closure. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> he needs to answer for all of this. He needs to speak with me one-on-one. Man, I'm going to set it up on Saturday. I'm going to chase him down. Yeah, dude, I was going to go wait for him. Next Saturday uh, – I mean, yeah, next – Next Friday, sorry, that's when the episodes come out. Next Friday, uh, exclusive interview with Declan Rice. Uh, it's being set up currently, and yeah, really excited. Not allowed to say no. He will be. He will be convinced. We'll yeah, I feel. I feel. I feel secure announcing it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Dude, I actually I saw where they were training. They were training at George Mason University. It's like mm-hmm. 15 miles from me. I was like, this guy is so lucky. I'm employed. I wish I was <laughs> a little bit more of a loser. Just a little bit more. Slightly less. Dude, the worst was uh, he was at the White House, right? And that's like the way I go home from work. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see him. I would have killed him. (laughs) I would have fucking, dude. I would have strangled him. But it would have been hard. It would have just been like a really tight hug, but like malicious. You know, I, I think about that sometimes during this whole thing. I'm like, what would you say to Rice if you saw him like just walking in the street? Like, I don't know what I would do. I don't know if I would be angry or be like, oh my god. Like, in all honesty, I would say thank you. I would say thank you for everything. I'd be like, you were the only person who's ever delivered for me. I keep telling everybody important in my life that that Declan Rice is the only person who ever delivered for me. Like on the phone. He did. Like, like yeah, he's the only one who ever came through. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I, w- I wish it wasn't him though. Honestly, yo, know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I still had never seen any of my team succeed. It's it would be better than this. <laughs> At least he didn't play well in the final. That's my cope, dude. You like gr- grabbed onto that so fucking quickly. You <laughs> that was my... out there. You played like five minutes, bro. <laughs> That was like the first, like one of the first things that I said to you, like po- like once we were FaceTime after the game, I was like, and Rice was bad. <laughs> like we, we're going to be all right. Dude, we are going to be all right. 
Well, that's what's crazy is that I really believe we're going to be all right. Me too. Is, Me too. Especially – I always thought that, but th- this could have gone like if we were having a bad preseason, this could have really gone. Could have gotten. Mm-hmm. They're lucky we're if we're not spending any money. Seriously, I mean, everybody looked like against Tottenham. Everyone who needed to look good looked good. Like the the midfield sucked, and that's I think, fine. I think that they all recognize they had a shitty preseason last year. And, you know, preseason doesn't matter for some teams. Like, it's about different things for different teams. But I think that they all recognize how bad they were last preseason. And they're making a point of, like, mm-hmm. you know, being on it and being ready. Which is awesome. It's yeah. really nice to see. And the young guys have been great, too. Mm-hmm. They've kind of – I feel like they've kind of served as – because the, the young players did play last year, but these young players are much better than the ones that showed up last year. These young players, I feel like there's also just been more faith put in them. Like the, these young players have been told to believe that they can make it and that they can make it. Mm-hmm. And, and one, I think that, as far as I'm concerned, one of them has made it. Like if Luka yeah. is not a consistent feature in the senior squad next year, and like making, I like I really need at least 15, 20 appearances from him next year and a few starts. That's like the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Like if Ings and Skamaka are like fit all year and firing, I think Antonio should be allowed to go wherever he wants. We'll get a little fee. Get his mm-hmm. off the books because there's also, I was reading about the new uh, financial fair play rules. So starting this year, your squad worth, like cumulatively, can only be like a hundred percent of like your revenue. So I think it's like like recent transfer fees plus like the wage bill and like agent fees. I don't really know exactly how it all works. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. how recent the transfer fees have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next season it's 90% of your revenue. And then the year after that, it's 80%. And then apparently I think it was an athletic article I was reading. And after that is when it started to might get spooky for us. After that, it's 70 million of your revenue and then it goes down to 60 and then it's going to stay at your squad. Like worth can only be like between like, I don't know if it's all the transfer fees. No way. It's all the fees. Um, but yeah. That's so like basically if you make 300 million a year mm-hmm. and you spend 150 on players, you can only spend, I don't know, it's 180, 60% of 300 million. You can only spend whatever. This isn't a math podcast. Yeah, but like, like the financial fair play rules are changing, and like they're. That's interesting. It's a great time to have a bunch of academy kids coming in. That'd be a great way to save money or earn money. Exactly. It would be because none of them will have fees attached to them. Um, Mm -hmm. The other thing is, because I was reading about, I think that we had two hundred fifty-two or like two hundred fifty-eight million of revenue last year, and I think that the squad, either the word, like I don't, again, I don't really know how it works. But like we're at like 180, I think, something like that. So it's fine mm-hmm. for now. Like we're yeah. gonna keep spending money, and like the the rice fee obviously helps with the revenue. You're just tacking on 33 million onto it. Yeah, I mean, especially because he was he came in for nothing and he's leaving for 100 five million. Yeah, good stuff. We're gonna have to navigate that. Got all these big earners in the books. Goddamn Paqueta, fifty million. 
<laughs> Better have a good season, my man. Danny Ings. Danny Ings, 150 every week. Every, every single week. week. 150,000 to that. Thank God. But his contract will be done by the time we have to start really worrying. Or like really. Because yeah. we're not the only ones who are going to struggle to, you know. And have Wolves to as well. I guess Wolves are probably out of it now. I mean, I would say every every team that isn't in the top six and like is trying to do well is gonna have to deal with these things. Villa, that's probably why Villa are spending so big this year. Is because it's not gonna be there in the future. Be there, they're not gonna be able to have the most expenditure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Everton gotta be in. Everton are in big trouble right now. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm surprised they're not like actively shopping. Oh no, no. Since that'll be their, their highest price guy. That they're comfortable in knowing that he's going to leave this window. To who, though? If not us, to who? Someone's going to sign him. Like, I mean, Chelsea could pull out the Casado deal. I'd be shocked. Brighton are being crazy. I mean, he's their they player are. to do what they want, but they're being crazy. I mean, they, they, like, basically told Chelsea he's better than Rice the other day. They're mm-hmm. for like north of a hundred million, which is funny. Like Bowley and all those, they can all cry. But um, it'd be awesome. Yeah, they'll, they'll sell Anana. They, will they sell anyone else? Do they have anyone else worth demanding a fee? No. They sold Sims. They, 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 uh, Coventry. I'm sure a team would be interested in, uh, Patterson, but right back. But I don't think they would want to sell him. But how, what, what kind of fee would they demand for, for probably not one worth selling him? Yeah. He's more important to their squad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, cause I think that with Sims going for a fee, they're gonna, I think Dan Juma is gonna play striker for them, which would, could work out really well. Yeah. Cause he doesn't do the off the ball work that, uh, Deitch is going to ask him to do, but mm-hmm. he he could really he could really help them playing as a striker. But I mean, yeah, I mean like, you you got to be embarrassed letting him do that to you, right? Like he, dude, he really took them wide, <laughs> bro. And now he's going to play for them, and there's nothing they can do about it because they need him. No hard feelings all of a sudden. Had all that vitriol for us, but now Everton, it's like oh, I don't, he ever had hard coming back. In. I guess so. I think they had hard feelings for him. I think it's funnier that they have to swallow their pride. I think, it, I think it's also funny he has to swallow his pride. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I wasn't good enough for the team I left you for. I'll come try it out with you guys. <laughs> oh, man. It's gross. Still would, though. Still would. You still sign him? Still like, would. Theoretically, you're nuts, dude. I'm emotional. I would, he caught me at an emotional <laughs> state. He's not. Like, he wouldn't work. Don't care. Still would. You're a clown. Hopefully they get relegated next year. I hope he's horrendous. I think he'll do fine, especially if he plays striker. But I hope. I really hope gross things for his footballing ability. Is it another loan? It's a loan, yeah. Jesus Christ. They're spending a fee on a player. They're probably not a home. paying the wages. <laughs> Dan Juman needs a home. And I think David Moyes has to give it to him. <laughs> All right, I'm ending it there. No, no quick hitters. Make a quick hit.
We can quick hit. I have one saved up. Hit me with it. All right. I'm going to time you. Oh, yeah? Well, dude, I was trying to get out of here. I was trying to let your Danjuma Bama that you'd still take him be your, your outro. So I, I apologize. No, it's cool. It's cool. I've been planning this. 15 seconds. 15 seconds on the clock. Sell me on post-Rice West Ham. Ready, set, go. David Moyes is at the wheel. He genuinely is. And we have – Ainge said it, Tottenham's coach. We have one of the best mid-blocks in the world. We're making fun, exciting signings that fit the play style well. And we're back. That's that's it. We're back. I like it. I like it. So the answer is David Moyes. That's it. Yeah. That, that was so <laughs> that was so nerve-wracking. I was trying to find something of substance to say I didn't have it. So the, I, I should I should have given you 30 seconds. The answer is David Moyes, though. No, if I you, agree. If you had given me 30 seconds, I would have just stumbled over my words for another 15 seconds, to be honest. <laughs> But, but yeah, I mean, he's taking the reins. I, 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 I trust him. He's a great coach. I think that he would have learned though. He's not an idiot. He would have learned a lot from last year. He tried to expand their play style to crack the top four, top five, and it didn't work. I think that we'll revert a little bit to what we've always known. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in a way that suits this group of players, and that's what's really exciting about it. Yeah, I agree with that. that balance, and I think also the pressure of not needing or not feeling like okay, now is the time that we try to crack this top four because mm-hmm. um, it's difficult to do it as a counterattacking team. Mm-hmm. But I think that without that pressure, we're going to see a really good version of West Ham and a different one. Man, it's a new era. Damn right. I think our our path to the Champions League is not top four. It's it's top five because it's it, top five. oh well what whatever <laughs> it is you know it's not it's not a Premier League finish. It's we have the focus is on the Europa League. Well, that's, the thing is that Rice is part of what made us such a good knockout team, and it's because we had an elite ball winner and a re, just an elite midfielder all around. I mean, Rice's some of his best performances have come in Europe. I still think that will that attribute of ours will be there just being a tricky uh you know european competition side uh just because we're gonna stay physical the idea is to keep by a midfield that is physical and that you know presence is still going to be there um it's not gonna probably not gonna be antonio but mubamba will continue that tradition of having you know a physically aggressive center forward and yeah we'll go from there yeah i think that we're still gonna be like a problem for teams in the knockouts, but the, we definitely have questions to answer of our own with no race and no Antonio in the knockout rounds. For sure, for sure. They're the, they're the two biggest reasons that we were effective in Europe in the mm-hmm. knockout rounds. So we'll see. But Moise is also one of them. Yeah. I think not enough credit is given to him. I mean, he had the perfect profiles at his disposal. Mm-hmm. I said to you before, like the first year we were in the Europa League, I was like, this team is perfect for knockout football. I didn't think it was this good. <laughs> but Who like, would have thought we'd be where we are now? All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, you can catch us on Twitter at hammering underscore away. Uh, TikTok is hammering dash away. We don't post on TikTok. Um, You're supposed to. I mean, I'll figure it out. There'll be time. Oh, I mean, like, you said you were going to post that one comp. Which one? Oh, the Paquetto one? Yeah. 
Uh, maybe I will. We'll see. I texted you two. He said yes. Did he really? Yeah, I responded. I kept the comp going up on TikTok. Dash <laughs> <laughs> away. Um, you Tough can find us on threads and Instagram at hammering away underscore. Uh, trying to keep those accounts active. Um, yeah, I mean, see you next week. We will hopefully have new player to talk about next week. And another bomb Declan Rice will be on the pod next next episode, so make sure you tap in. He will answer for his sins. Mm-hmm. Exclusive. I just wanna rally in a ray, ay Shorty let me paint all in her face, ay Your body might need a diamond ray, ay I just dropped the rally out the ray, ay Do not give a fuck about the place, ay Money see you stacking in a ay Money see you stacking in a ay I just wanna rally in a ray, ay Pullin' the day, can we be okay? Got money to pay And my blood, now we lift it straight Got 40 up girls, can't do these deals Cause you niggas ain't not working on yes But they so cool, cause we cool with yes. me Stop talking to my shoulders, stop talking to my team I hit you in the morning, right now I'm with the beast This Henny got me yawning, I think it down to sleep This Henny got me yawning, I think it down to sleep I-95, you gonna ride, you better slide Hop on the whip, better step on my side Cause it's how it vibes, your wave wash my wave tie Don't trip, now you might slip slide Cause I drip sauce and I drip fly And I lean back when I whip ride I-95, but away to infinity Fuck with my team, they fuck up my vicinity This shit going crazy, bumping our shit for Mass Miami Down the highway and I'm dressing my jammies One of the streets is a company and duty My nigga named Rico, he strapped with the tulip We blasting the shots if you acting a fool You striving for perfection Don't you know you perfectly imperfect, nigga You worth the nigga, I kick, flip and I flip shit I'm a worse but nigga, you switch shit And I will smith them Western niggas I'm a fresh prince, don't check it, nigga I breathe deep, I'm testing niggas Go check it, mate, it's nighttime and you were both today I might take your queen, but that was yesterday And I off your pawns, I'll leave you acidate Cause I'm the realest king to ever play And I'm a black king Word up to my black skin And I run shit cause I'm African You don't gotta tell me I am the man